Hi everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Live podcast, brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name's Bryony Pierce, and I'm the content manager here at PMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by Product Marketing World. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of hitting up one of their events yet, Product Marketing World runs product marketing summits all over the world. In each city, they unite hundreds of product marketers and put together lineups including speakers from companies like Google, Uber, Twitter and Yahoo, to name just a few. To see if they're coming to a city near you, head over to their site, productmarketingworld.com. To give you a glimpse into the world of other product marketers, in this show, we'll be talking to Sarah Din, Director of Product Marketing at SurveyMonkey, about what a day in her shoes looks like. Sarah joined SurveyMonkey back in 2017 and before that held senior marketing roles at Placecast, Mace Security International and Reach Systems. As many product marketers know, there isn't really such thing as a standard day in this industry and because of that, we're going to be focusing on Sarah's most recent working day. Before we get stuck into a day in the life of though, welcome to the show Sarah. Can I just get you to please kick off with a bit of an introduction to you, your role and then SurveyMonkey? Sure. So I'll start with the company just because it's uh, easier to start that way. Uh, SurveyMonkey has been around for about 20 years. Most people have either heard of it or have used the product um, it's historically been a very B2C product. Um, what it does is it essentially allows you to collect data and through surveys. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the 20 years, we've really added a lot of products to our suite. So today we actually have eight distinct products on our suite, all around the process of gathering data for different purposes, whether it's from um, an audience panel, whether it's from your employees or your customers. I have been with SurveyMonkey for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined the company as they were about to move to the enterprise space. As I mentioned, historically, they've been focused on consumer, B2C, and they really wanted to make a shift to selling to larger organizations, and that's where I came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at the current moment, lead the product marketing team for both the B2C and the B2B uh, survey product suite. Mm-hmm. So were you quite involved in that shift to the enterprise side of things? I was, yes. That's kind of what I came here to do. Um, that's been most of my background is working in enterprise. Mm-hmm. And three years ago is when we started to make that shift, hire a sales team. Mm-hmm. And um, my role was really to figure out how to position the company differently, how to make sure that we are enabling our sales team to tell that story mm-hmm. of all of our products that have um, been built over the last three, four years that really cater to the large organizations. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of your team, what does that sort of look like in terms of numbers and roles? So we've actually been going through quite a, a reorg because this year we acquired two other companies. Mm-hmm. And so um, there have been a lot of changes uh, lately. So right now my team is about nine people mm-hmm. and they're split into four people on the B2C or uh, five people on the B2C side and four of them on the B2B side. That's how they're split. And then the rest of the product marketing team, which I don't lead, is from the new acquisition. So the products are uh, currently separate. Okay, gotcha. And then who is it that you report to? Uh, Right now, the VP of product marketing, which is the TBH. Okay. And how's that fair to kind of other reporting structures in previous companies? Have you always typically reported into products or...? 
No, actually, um, my previous roles have been very different. I've led marketing across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always reported to the CEO, and this is my first very specific product marketing role. Mm-hmm. Um, so either CEO or CMOs, I've never really worked in the product marketing org this specifically. Okay, gotcha. And then, so next, up, one thing that's very prominent in product marketing is just the sheer variety of the role. Um, and I've been running quite a few podcast insider series. And quite often I ask people the question, what does a day in the life of you look like? And every single time, no one's able to give um, an answer just because every day is so different. Um, that said, it's also an area lots of other product marketers are really keen to get a glimpse of how other product marketers kind of operate day to day. So I was wondering if you could just please share with us a bit of what your day looked like yesterday. So what kind of meetings were you in? What what kind of tasks were you working on? Who were you interacting with and that kind of thing? Sure, yeah. I mean, to your point, every day looks different. Um, There is such a variety because product marketing really is such a cross-functional role. A lot of my day specifically is very meeting heavy. So it's a mix of being cross-functional and leading a, a large team. Um, my role ends up being very much a support role or just making sure people are aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll walk you through more. I'll walk you through a day yesterday, um, which started pretty early because we also have a team in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes we have to have um, early morning meetings. So it started early with a meeting with a demand gen team, content team, and some of my product marketing team, which works on the sales assistant side to really um, work through our 2020 planning and prioritize the campaigns we're going to be focused on for Q1. So because this is the end of the year, a lot of our focus this week and next week has really been on planning for 2020 and really figuring out what are key strategies that we really want to focus on, what are the campaigns we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the day started. Um, and then I had my team meeting, which I hold once a month, um, and that's really a mix of cascading information down to my team from different meetings that I'm in uh, mm-hmm. that they might not be privy to, to. And one of those things was really um, we had earlier in the week uh, been working with a product team on the final roadmap for 2020. And so I walked my team through the product roadmap, answered questions. We kind of had some brainstorms around it of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, um, my, again, meeting heavy day, um, there were another few meetings around cross-functional partners on the leadership team mm-hmm. around the service product, which included a mix of the product leader, uh, engineering leader, finance, trying to think who else, design uh, lead, uh, growth, VP of growth, um, paid marketing, Mm -hmm. a couple of other people. And really that was to figure out what our OKRs are going to be for next year. So like I said, very, very focused on planning. OKRs, if people aren't familiar with that, objectives, key and key results. And so every year at the end of the year, the company starts to put together their big OKRs. Mm-hmm. And then every team kind of goes through a process of figuring out how we ladder up to the company OKRs. And so there was just a brainstorm session around what we're going to focus on for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a biweekly meeting that we have, which is around our one of our biggest integrations that we're focused on is with Microsoft. And so we meet with some key partners there mm-hmm. uh, working through our plan for Q, some things that we're about to launch next year. Um, 
And then I had a meeting with finance on budget for next year. So that was kind of my day. Okay, cool. And then in terms of, so you mentioned the team in Dublin, like how do you find that relationship in managing the time zones? And is it kind of often you have to schedule these calls or? You know, um, it's, it's been interesting when, like, cause we also have a team in Amsterdam now with one of the acquisitions or the, the company we acquired is in Amsterdam. So we've started to get used to having earlier morning meetings. I think it's easier for us. Honestly, we can get up earlier and have an hour meeting at 8.30 or 9 a.m. That's not a problem, but they end up staying later. So we kind of have to come to a compromise and, you know, we try to make it as early as possible and be as inclusive. The time when it's hard is when, you know, everyone's schedule are busy and when we have to have big cross-functional meetings in the day, it ends up being later for them because it's not always possible to get everyone together at 8.30 a.m. here. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a team in Australia, in Portland, in Ottawa, so we do have to be conscious about making sure we make people feel included from remote locations. For me personally and my team, typically it's Dublin and Amsterdam that we really work with mm-hmm. and Ottawa to some degree. I think a lot of people are, are moving to that um, area as well. So. Okay, cool. And then also in terms of kind of the roadmap planning for 2020, would you say you slash the product product marketing team, do you have a lot of say in sort of influencing that roadmap, would you say? Yeah, you know, that has shifted over the years. Um, I think if you had asked me that question last year, I would have said no, mm-hmm. because product marketing to SurveyMonkey is fairly a new function. Mm-hmm. Um it's been very much a product-led company, and we weren't even a single product marketing team until two years ago. We were pretty scattered, and we were always sort of at the end of the process where we were focused on more of the marketing activities. And then last year, actually, the one of the questions you asked me earlier in terms of org structure, last year we were reporting into product. And I think it was um, intentionally done for that reason because there wasn't a lot of alignment mm-hmm. between product and product marketing. And then we kind of worked through that over the course of the year, and it helped. We fixed it, and then we needed more alignment in marketing, so now we sit under marketing. Mm-hmm. But going back to your question, today I think things are very different. Um, it varies in certain products, I will say that. But for the most part, all, all of our key platform and products, we do have alignment. Uh, we work very closely with the product team. We also work together with customers and customer success and sales teams and sales engineers teams as well, especially on the sales side when we are continuously getting feedback from customers and from a request from the sales team on what features we really need to have in order to close the right kinds of deals that we're focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do have monthly reviews of those features. We have, um, we use Jira a lot and Confluence. So we have boards there where we track the number of requests we get and then we use a d- different number of factors to really review these and prioritize different features. Yeah. Um, it, it happens over the course of the year, so we do have a big voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so And then the planning process, product marketing is pretty involved in that. Okay, cool. Thank you. And then moving on to the OKR side of things. So you mentioned you're kind of in the stage of kind of solidifying those for next year. That's kind of another interesting topic in product marketing, I'd say, and it's another thing that I've kind of gathered from other podcasts, is that there's a real mix, kind of, some product marketers do have OKRs, some people don't have any metrics they're measured against. Are you able to share what it is that you're measured against? You know, we've honestly never nailed this. Um, We've tried different things. I'm hopeful this year is going to be 
uh, different. Mm-hmm. It is true. It's very hard to find the right KPI. So what I've done in the past is um, I work individually with my one-on-one with individuals on my team, mm-hmm. and I really have created this sort of framework where they have a strategic initiative, tactical plan, and then metrics that they measure against it. And mm-hmm. each person is supposed to have three to five maximum goals for themselves over the course of the year. And then you look at each of their goals and figure out what are the right KPIs to measure against. But trying to do it holistically at a team level it's great if you can get there and there are some things you can get to like, you know, be more customer centric and how do you measure that, things like that. Or how do you um, increase retention overall in the product and then what do you use to measure that? There are some things you can do at a team level, but what really gets to the weeds of things is doing individual goals and then making sure they map to the larger company goals. Having too many goals and having too many layers in the past has never worked well. It becomes really hard to track. So when each individual on my team has goals, we track them every quarter because we do quarterly reviews. Mm-hmm. And that way we can really be thoughtful how we're tracking against them, how do we need to adjust. Because the one other thing that also came up this year with some people on my team was because this was a very uh, interesting year for us because we went through a lot of changes as a company. Acquiring two companies being our first year of being a public company, we were learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our prioritized shifted mid-year. And so the question came up is like, okay, we set these OKRs at the beginning of the year. How rigid do we feel that we have to stick to them? And my philosophy is always like, we need to shift and we need to be agile with the company and how, as the goal changes. So you have to make sure that we're setting realistic goals, but also that you're flexible in changing them if you need to. So yeah, that's kind of been the process. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess they never... It's kind of a continual work in progress, I guess, as the company's goals change, your OKRs will change yeah. a lot of those, yeah, for sure. And then also you mentioned kind of your days and weeks are very neat and heavy. Would you say that's something that's just kind of come part and parcel as you get more senior? Obviously, you're director level now. Is it just kind of part and parcel of the role and your other team members aren't so neat and involved? Or? Yeah, and it's really true. I think a huge part of it is being in a leader role. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of one-on-ones, obviously, making sure that you're supporting your team. So throughout the week, that obviously takes up a lot of time as well. And then cross-functional leadership meetings. And mm-hmm. it is part of being in a leadership role. But um, when I wasn't in such a leadership role, I still think my days were sort of meeting heavy. Not as much, I would say. But on, and during the times when we're actually about to launch something or when there's a big initiative, um, it tends to be very meeting heavy because at SurveyMonkey, especially I've seen that at, compared to other companies, we are very, very cross-functional and we try to be very inclusive. Mm-hmm. And so there's always uh, times where we are trying to educate all of our cross-functional partners or get alignment. So it tends to become very meeting heavy. Yeah, okay, sure. And then I guess for people who are quite new to the product market industry, For some people, maybe the lack of day-to-day structure could be a bit of a struggle getting used to. Do you have any advice for people who are maybe struggling with that? Yes. I would say create your own structure. Don't wait for structure to happen. So what I've done is I've, you know, there is so much variability in the role. I typically don't know exactly what is going to be my focus for the week, but over time, I've kind of learned to see trends and patterns, mm-hmm. and there are certain days where I've blocked off for just all of my one-on-one so that I'm really focused on that day. I also block chunks of my calendar to actually do thinking and working, mm-hmm. um, because if you don't do that proactively, 
it's easy to get lost in what everyone else is asking you for. And so you need that time to really think and sit down and plan for yourself. Say no to a lot of things as well. It's hard sometimes, especially when you're new and you try to do a lot, um, especially if you're just taking on a new role. I've had a lot of people that have joined my team. And one thing I tell them is this is the best time that you're going to have here because you're, you know, the first 30 days just take to like meet new people, make relationships and really learn. Don't try to do a lot and really start to ramp up and then get into the zone of things. So if you create that structure in the beginning, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier because then you set the cadence for yourself. So you just really have to be proactive. Think about how you want to spend your time and create that structure for yourself. Yeah. I think that's. I think it was Div um, Div Manikin from Del Boom I was speaking to, and she was saying, I think it's every Wednesday. She has a no email day, so she'll just kind of block off her emails, and she'll use that day to actually just get through her work with all those. Like sometimes it's just a little ad hoc requests that get you off your flow, and then they can just really kind of skew your time, can't they? Yeah, and you know, on those days when I'm really working, I turn off my email and my Slack. Because notifications of any sort can be so disruptive. Um, and sometimes I actually end up you know, working from home in the morning, going to a cafe, putting my headphones on, turning everything off. Those are the most productive times I have. Yeah. Well, sometimes as well, I find, um, even still now, like, if you get a Slack notification or an email, sometimes it's hard not to just look at it straight away and think, I have to respond to that right now. But a lot of the times, I guess, if you actually take a step back and think about it, they don't need a reply right now. A lot of things can wait, can't they? But it's just kind of getting that balance of what can and can't wait. Yeah, it takes time to get to that point where you don't feel that urge. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, thank you so much for answering all those questions about your day. I'm just going to shift to kind of a few more generalised kind of product marketing questions and then looking back throughout your career um, from the start to now. Um, so first off, if we could, if you could go back to the start of your product marketing career, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself? My advice would be work a lot closer with product initially, just to you know um, learn a lot about how the product team works. Mm-hmm. Because there, yes, depending on what your focus are, and if you're B two C, B two B, there will be different kinds of cross functional partners, but. If you really learn the product world in the beginning, I think it's really, really helpful because those are, regardless of what company you work in, what industry you work in, the product team will be one of your closest partners. Mm -hmm. And so understanding their world really helps you build um, your career in a way where you're always in alignment with them. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the things that I didn't do in the beginning, especially because my career journey has been a little bit different. I came from a very general marketing role, so I led everything from demand gen to events. Um, which was also helpful because, again, it gives you empathy for different roles. And I think that's really, really important to have, again, cross-functional, highly cross-functional roles. So understanding different teams and what they do on a day-to-day basis. And there are sometimes uh, rotating roles that you can take on at some companies where you can do certain projects for a week or a month, like at least Survey Monkey Day they allow you to do that when you're first starting out. And I think that's so important and so useful. If you have that opportunity, take it. Because, again, understanding how different teams work will help you really uh, be in better alignment and understand how to work with them, speak their language, and that really goes a long way. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And then can you think of one or do you have any sort of mantra or belief or behavior or anything that's kind of most influenced your product marketing journey? Hmm, that is an interesting question. I think the one thing that really pops into my head is at the end of the day, a lot of times when you 
you know, work in an org and you're sort of really focused on what the company is lodging, what what our products do, what our focus is, how do we grow, how do we uh, become more successful or how do we become public? You know, there's all these things that companies are working towards. Sometimes people forget to really listen to what the customers need and making tough decisions is a result of that. And product marketing is probably one of the key roles where you are actually the voice of the customer. Some companies actually have that as a separate team, which I think is great, and I think I'm starting to see more and more of that. But really, our goal always at the end of the day needs to be understanding our customers better, understanding what they need, and then really building for that. Because if we do that, every other thing that we're focused on will just fall into place. You retain more customers, you grow more customers, you, you know, um, you have better loyalty, like everything just kind of falls into place. So at the end of the day, I always tell my team, okay, but is this what our customers will want? Yeah. And then just like focusing on that customer element again, how, like how often do you slash your team talk to customers and then what does that contact kind of look like? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think for us, we do it um, more often than maybe some other companies because we are a research company. So we do a lot of surveys. We do a lot of quantitative and qualitative interviews as well, focus groups. Um, we also um, do a lot of events throughout the year. So we are always meeting new customers at events. We do um a big conference every year called Curiosity Conference, and there we have a lot of conversations with our customers. So we're continuously in contact in one way or another, whether we're trying to launch a new product and do some user testing or whether we're just trying to survey our customers on a regular basis. Um, we also have customer experience team that does um, NPS, so we're also tracking our health in general or of our customer happiness. So there's a lot of different ways that we're continuously in contact with our customers. Okay, cool. Thank you. And then next up, can you think of any bad examples or bad best practices that you hear in the industry that you wouldn't recommend others to follow? Hmm. That is an interesting question. <laughs> hmm. I feel like that here. require me to think a little bit more. Nothing comes to my mind right away. Nope, we can skip past it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so looking, if someone's looking up to move up the product marketing ladder and could only focus on one or maybe two skills, what should they be and why? Yeah, I think one of the key things you need to nail right away is messaging and positioning. Mm-hmm. Core, core out to any product marketing role. If you're not good at messaging, you, you really can't do a product marketing role. So be really good about figuring out how to message to the right people at the right time. Um, and positioning is important, especially if you're working in organizations that have multiple products or have a very competitive industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really need to nail how you position your products, either complementary against each other, however that is, or within a very competitive industry. The second one being go to market. How do you actually plan for a launch? What are the things that you need to do to align people, align dates, timelines, what that launch looks like? If there are two things I really need to focus as a product marketer, those two would be on the top of my list. Okay, magic. And then we kind of touched on before how so it's a very involved role product marketing. You're constantly kind of liaising with other departments and people. And do you ever, like, if you ever get overwhelmed or unfocused with all that kind of chaos going on, how do you kind of 
regain composure is anything you kind of tell yourself or yeah I mean totally I think that happens in a lot of roles especially the higher up you go and the more um sort of uh strategic you are sometimes it can be overwhelming because it's a lot of thinking and it's a lot of planning and it's a lot of making sure especially if you're a people manager making sure your team is supported that everyone's happy um it, it can be overwhelming at times um you just have to sometimes step back and take time to really think about the big picture and not get kind of bogged down by the minute details and let other people help you. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned over time is, you know, when I was trying to prove myself and grow in my career, I felt like I had to do everything myself Mm -hmm. and that I was the one responsible and I had to show up in a certain way. Um, But I think it's okay to ask for help and I think it's okay to, um, sort of give other people an opportunity to take things off of your plate. It's so important to do that because then you can, um, and in order to do that, you really have to identify what are the things that are important to you so that the other things can fall off your plate and it's okay and that you can be really focused. Um, that's a skill that comes with experience, but I think it's been one of the most useful things for me. Any mentor that I've ever had, that has been always their advice is, you know, you try to do a lot, try to give things up, and it's okay to do that. And would you say to an extent, would that be more true, kind of, the more senior you get, you feel like you more so have to know everything and do everything yourself? Yeah, I know, I'm sure you've heard of the imposter syndrome, and I think a lot of people fall into that, right? Like, you, the higher up you go and you feel like, oh, my God, am I really in the right role, do I know everything and people are looking up to you Mm -hmm. and they're asking you questions and you feel compelled to like answer everything and be perfect at it. And it's not, it's okay to not have answers. That's also what I've learned. Mm -hmm. You know, when people ask me questions and if I don't know the answer, I'd rather say, you know, I actually don't know. Let me get back to you. I'll find out or let's figure it out together rather than just lying or just saying, yeah, here's the answer. And just, saying things that don't make sense I've had managers in the past that have done that and it kind of loses my trust right like I I feel like okay you really don't know what you're talking about I prefer that you tell me you don't know and we can figure it out together so I think that's an important skill to have as well yeah that makes sense and then next up what's the best lesson you'd say you've learned during your time in the product marketing industry the best lesson um I think it's what I've been talking about throughout this uh, podcast is really understanding the customer at the end of the day really helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many different ways of doing that, but staying in constant contact with a customer help, will help you in every aspect of what you do as a product marketer, whether it's creating messaging, whether it's launching a new product to them, whether it's creating thought leadership. Um, every single thing that we do, um, whether it's developing the roadmap, if we don't know who we're selling to, it makes our job really hard. And so figure out the way to really get close to the customers, get inside their heads, and really use that information mm-hmm. to do everything that you do. Yeah, for sure. And then the next question, I feel like I'm going to be putting you on the spot again here with a tricky one. <laughs> but if, hypothetically, your work hours were just chopped in half tomorrow, what would you spend your time on with the little time you had remaining? Hmm, really, really good question. I like your question. <laughs> um, I think so definitely I would spend time with my team. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely would keep all my one-on-ones and then uh, it's again tough right now because we it, our work shifts but I would spend 
time with my key cross-functional leadership team on getting alignment because that at that level really needs to happen in order for everything to go smoothly. So I would do that, um, and I would spend time with my team. That's okay. kind of what I would focus on. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And then would you say there's any aspects in particular of product marketing that you're most curious about? Most curious about? Um, I think one of the things that we've trying to be, we've been trying to build more of is how different teams do competitive intel. Um, in talking to some of my colleagues in the different uh, companies around here, um, some teams have uh, dedicated people on their team to be doing competitive intel. Others just do separate that role with strategy teams or others don't even do it. So I'm curious about how people uh, approach competitive intel and how they use that information. How do they educate the rest of the org? Because that's something that we're really trying to build um, into our um, team next year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and last couple of questions. Um, So penultimate one. We kind of talked about it earlier in terms of having to say no to people and bat certain things away. Are there any things that you still sort of struggle to say no to? I think when my um, when my team comes to me for different requests, I, I hardly ever say no. Sometimes I probably should because I'm overwhelmed and I could, you know, move that to a certain time or or just – you know, there, not everything is urgent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I still struggle with because I really want to be there for them. And especially at the moment, because we've gone through a lot of reorgs, um, my team is very, like half of my team is shifted and is new. And so I'm trying to be there for them more so than usual. So that's something I've recently struggled with just from a bandwidth perspective. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then final question. What do you think, if anything, the biggest problem product marketing faces, either right now or in the future? A consistent theme that keeps showing up uh, at any conference that I've been or any product marketer that I talk to is that lack of alignment between product and product marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is often a perception issue in what product marketing's role really is in different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it varies. But at the end of the day, we still are a very strategic role. We're not um, only doing tactical work to launch products. And oftentimes, product marketing isn't seen in that light in a lot of orgs. And so no matter who I've talked to, that seems to be an issue, is that no matter how much alignment you have, at the end of the day, there's always this perception issue of product marketing is just launching at the end of the process. They're not really there to have a say in how we build products and what we build for. PMs often have a, a huge sort of like ownership of their products as they should because that's kind of their baby. Um, but it should be a partnership more so than this is my product, you're launching it. Mm-hmm. And then how do you have any thoughts on how kind of we overcome that? Would you say it's more of an industry-wide thing to tackle or is it for example a certain in a certain company that kind of they need to position this or like how do we get that alignment i think there's a couple of things you can do i think one of them is relationship building at the end of the day for product marketing it's so important to build relationships being cross-functional um and getting to know people and, and getting them to trust you enough to involve you, right? Mm-hmm. You have to show up with some sort of value. Nobody's going to give you a seat at the table if you're not providing value. So provide value. Find where the gaps are, whether it's, you know, doing a research study and coming up with insights and then taking them to the product team, being, here's what I learned. 
even that can help you get a seat at the table, right? Just showing some sort of value. Two, it's on the product marketing leadership to make sure that across the org, they're really um, positioning the team in the right way, showing up to the right meeting and get advocating for the team to be present at certain meetings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, one of the programs that we're really focused on, as I mentioned earlier, is the competitive intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um that's a great way of doing the work and then showing up and educating the rest of the org on what other competitors are doing. And that puts you in a more of a strategic light rather than, you know, just um, launching products at the end of the day and being seen as a, you're part of marketing and that's all you do. Um, and then the third one, it is, I think part of it is an industry issue. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I think it's more education, more awareness overall in just defining the product marketing role a little bit. It is a fairly new role, right, um, in the grand scheme of things. And so I think that's still being defined by different teams and by different people. What I've started to see is there's more and more communities coming together, which I think is very helpful because you learn from each other and then you have a bigger voice. Mm-hmm. And um, over time, I think it will shift, but I think we're kind of in that transition phase. Okay, perfect. That's really good insights. Thank you. And then that's all my questions for today. Thank you so much for your time. So it's been really great speaking to you. Thank you. I, I really had uh, fun talking to you as well. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show to speak about your day, a specific topic, or just your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.